Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Connecting Faith and Life. I'm Mr. Brown. I am back in the studio. I've been on the road for a little bit. Had a great time in Minnesota uh, doing vacation Bible school, preaching at a church, and also doing a parent night. And I'll give you more information about that. Actually, you can find out more information about that on our weekly Proclaim News video slash podcast slash whatever. You can get it on our app. Visit ProclaimMinistry.com slash app. You can get the app and we'll send notifications every week to show, share with you what's going on in the ministry because things are going well. We're really busy. And also how you get involved with the ministry as well. But I will talk a little bit about those trips today uh, and the last couple of events I'm doing in this podcast. And I'm going to share a very big lesson I learned um, from uh, these events because I, I feel a pressure. And I'll just tell you, you know, the question of the podcast is this. Does it matter how many people got saved, how many kids got saved at a certain event? Does it really matter? Um, and I'll give you a sneak peek. The answer is yes, but... There's a caveat to that. So that's what I'm talking about in this edition of Connecting Faith and Life. And I may talk a little bit about music as well. Um, I, I got some things percolating in my mind. So we'll see what all comes out in this episode of Connecting Faith and Life. Oh, and by the way, I'm Mr. Brown. Hey, everybody. Thank you again for joining me for this episode of Connecting Faith and Life. If you're listening through a podcast or watching on YouTube or watching our app or the website, we appreciate that. So appreciate the support. And I want to give a quick shout out to our new supporters. We get new supporters all the time uh, after each event and even just uh, new videos. And I, I appreciate the financial support. If you want to join our support team, visit ProclaimMinistry.com slash give. That's ProclaimMinistry.com slash give to help fund this ministry. And understand this, your donation matters. I have some people who donate $5 a month. And guess what? That helps us get the word out. That helps tremendously. And so, hey, whatever you can get, 5 Five, ten, fifteen dollars a month. Matter of fact, would you take me out for a cup of coffee once a month? I mean, think about it that way. Just a cup of coffee once a month to support the ministry of helping people connect faith in life would be amazing. And the truth is this: I don't drink coffee, so it would it would work out even great because I'm not even drinking the coffee. So you don't feel guilty about buying me coffee. Don't send me a gift card. Just donate five dollars a month or how much ever coffee costs because I think coffee goes up a lot. But anyway. I want to shout out to all those new supporters. Thank you so much for supporting the ministry. Um, like I said, I've been speaking a lot these last couple of days. I did a last couple of weeks. I did a vacation Bible school here locally at Pathway Church, which was great. It, it was they, they don't call it vacation Bible school. They call it uh, sports camp or just uh, kids camp. Where I do a lot of sports, but I got to speak. And our, our message that week was about faith, helping kids understand it's not so much the size of their faith, but the object of their faith. So we talked about David and Goliath, how David could have faith because God is faithful. And I really wanted to focus on the attributes of God. And it reminded me, the reason I want to do that, because I think we need to know who God is. And the earlier we know that, and the more we dig deep into that, the more we have confidence in our God. I've been reading A.W. Tozer, and I picked up the book Knowledge of the Holy recently. I've been listening to The Attributes of God by A.W. Tozer. And maybe I'll put a link in the description of these books. But uh, in the knowledge of the holy, he says, you know, uh, what comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And I made a video about that as well. I really, I really resonate with that because what we think about God will dictate how we live our lives, how we interact with people, how we see God. If we see God as this man up in the sky who wants to step on us, do something wrong, that's going to impact how I look at God, how I look at myself. If I look at God as this, this God who is only there to give me what I want, he's like a big Santa Claus and I pray. And if I behave right, you know, because he knows who's naughty and nice. And, and if I make sure I'm nice, then God will give me everything I want. That will impact how I see God. And, and even some of us 
as we grow in our, our maturity in the faith, we just expect God to do everything for us. And we, we expect that everybody in our family will always live because God is good. Therefore, no one will ever get cancer. Uh, no one will ever die. And that's not the God of the Bible. So I think we need to increase, as he said in the book, to elevate our, our thought, our view of God. So it's worthy of him and of us as the church. And so I, on, a, on a small level, helping these kids understand during vacation Bible school that faith is not so much about their energy or their their effort to say, you know what, I got strong faith, but help them see who God is that they can place their faith in. Because, you know, I gave the analogy of a, a stool that I had all week. And if I sit on the stool, it could be worthy of my faith or not worthy of my faith. Right. I can have a lot of faith in a stool that won't hold me up. That does me no good. But I can have very little faith in a stool that's worthy of my faith. And I want them to see that God is worthy of our faith and our trust because of who he is. That God is faithful. He's omniscient. He, each day we did a, uh, we call it code words. So I made a video and they look up the next day and come back and tell, say the code word to their leaders. They'll come up to me, tell me what the code word is, right? And some of those words were faithful, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. And I didn't really care that they knew the big word because some of the kids really struggle with the big word. Like omniscient, omniscient, even some of the leaders struggle with saying omniscient. But that they know that God is all-knowing, that God is all-powerful, that God is in control of all things. Even some of our memory verses spoke to that fact that our God is in heaven. He does all that he pleases. And I want them to know that because that's our God. And so uh, we talked about those throughout the week and we gave the gospel several days. And the truth is, I don't know how many kids trusted Christ their Savior. And that happened again the following week. Um, the week after I was there, I left that Friday, actually next Saturday morning, I flew out to Minnesota. I preached on Sunday morning. We talked about forgiveness. And then we started Vacation Bible School at Faith Bridge Church on Sunday night. And this was a Sunday to Thursday, and it was really busy. Um, but I spoke twice that morning. Then we did the opening. I spoke four times, did four different Bible lessons. It was a long day. And that night, I was so wired, I couldn't go to sleep. So it was an interesting week. It took me like three or four days to catch up on my sleep. But it was it was a great week. And, and the theme uh, of this Vacation Bible School was Amsterdam Genesis. They had this, um, the sanctity of human life. And so we really talked about the value of life throughout the whole week. And the highlight for me was, yeah, the memory verse, kids learn the memory verses. But we I found this song by this guy named Sha Lin. Um, he has an uh, album out called uh, Jesus Kids. And a friend of mine sent it to me months ago. And my kids started listening to it. And he has a lot of good songs in there. One of them is called uh, God Made Me and You. I'll definitely put a link in the description. I think I'll make a whole video about it. I really, really like the song because the lyrics are just amazing. Um, and it was great. I played that every day in our Bible time and the kids learned it. And uh, we found this church that made a video based on it. It wasn't Shaolin who made it, but it was uh, another church. And we used that video. It had hand motions in it and had video, had you know images of, of his lyrics and what, what he was saying in the lyrics. And, and the hook of the song goes like this. Um, Although we, though we have a different story, God made me in you. God made me in you. For our joy and for his glory, God made me in you. God made me in you. And it was so great to hear these kids singing that truth. And even this little girl, I forgot her name, but little girl. And, and she saw me because I pulled out my camera and, and started videotaping her. And uh, it was really cute to hear them singing the song, God, and that truth, God made me in you. Story. God made me a new. God made me a new. For our joy and for His glory. God 
And for me, hearing that truth all week long, that our value doesn't come from, you know, uh, our looks, our value doesn't come from um, our, our gender or our success or our even our failures, that our values and come from those things. Our, our Instagram followers, I, I made a video before talking about some of these middle school students I work with. They felt they didn't matter, but they would feel they mattered more if they had more Instagram followers. But our value doesn't come from those things. Our value comes from the fact we can create an image of God. And that song just reminds us that God made me and you. And the beautiful thing to me was, you know, that's a predominantly white community. And there was a couple, like three or four black kids. I was, I'm black, but it doesn't really matter. Because although we have a different story and even the most diversity is not the color of skin is their experiences. So some people come from wealth. Some people come from abuse. Some people come from broken homes, single parent homes, uh, you know, come from, you know, nuclear homes with mom and a dad. And, and so we all have different stories. It doesn't matter of our skin color. It doesn't matter of our, our economic status. God made me and you for our joy and for his glory. And the song that I'm telling you, the lyrics of this song are amazing. It just brings that truth. And I want to be able to teach those kids that truth. So it was a great week. And even the memory verse that we did, we did several memory verses. One of them was Genesis one twenty seven, And I like that fun. I'm going to give a shout out to Nicole Martin. Because um, years ago, we did the same memory verse at another vacation Bible school. And I still remember the hand motion that she came up with. And it went like this. Genesis one twenty seven. So God, we point to God, created, and scream created, <laughs> created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him male and female. He created, he created them, Genesis 1, 27. And, and that verse speaks a lot to what's going on in our culture today, that God made man his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. That, that God created us to male and female, God's agenda. But today we hear a lot of the world talking about, you know, you know, transgender and you can, men can be women and women can be men. And 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 so I think sometime in the church, we fight from behind these things. And in other words, the world sets the temperature for what we talk about. And now we're talking about this. But I think if we set a foundation, what has God said? How has God made us? And teaching kids from an early age that God made male and female. It's God's design. And it's amazing God's design. And so it was really great to teach the kids this and teach this truth at a, such an early age. Um, and so the week went really great. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Faith Bridge Church, for bringing me out for a second year in a row. Thanks to all of the leaders who helped out. I, I, I'm a part of what's going on. It's not all about me, but I, I really enjoyed our time. And so... That, that's what I've done the last two weeks. And again, if you want to hear more about uh, more details about what happened, even video clips, you can check out Proclaim News. It's on our app. It's also on our website and you can follow that. And um, even just follow if you go to our app. I have a video we made every day for both vacation Bibles with both both of them. We made um, videos each day to kind of follow on what we're doing. So check those out. So now I want to get into uh, what I learned from these trips. Um, Something I learned that that's very crucial for me because I grew up in, well, not, I didn't grow up, I, um, spiritual maturity ministry, ministry, it was always important to know how many kids trusted Christ. So the question I posed in the title, does it really matter how many kids trusted Christ during this, this whatever, you know, during this vacation Bible school, during the summer camp? And I say, yes, it matters. We want people to come to the Lord. We want people to know um, 
what it is to trust Christ as Savior. The Bible says he's written these things that they, we may know we have eternal life, says in, in 1 John. So God wants us to know, right? But I think I feel this undue pressure of making people, uh, you know, or like, you know, coercing, um, so we can have the numbers that we spent this much money or we invested this much money in this, this event and we got 15 salvations. And so we can justify that. And I want to, I want to succumb to that. And even sometimes when I'm sharing the gospel, like, okay, I got to do it such a way that, that kids come. If I do it perfectly, these kids should come. I don't believe that's true. The Bible's clear. No one comes to God unless he draws them. The Holy Spirit has to do a work to draw someone to the Lord. And, and this week, I shared the gospel, both Vacation Bible Schools, I shared the gospel, and a few kids raised their hand to respond. I didn't get to counsel them. I didn't talk to them individually. The leaders talked to them, and I never heard back how many of those kids actually trusted Christ or understood the message. And the truth is, that's God's business. Now, again, I'm not saying we shouldn't. We should share the gospel. We need to be faithful in sharing the word of God to share the gospel, give invitation for people to receive Christ. Be faithful to that. But I don't have to base my value of this ministry on how many people came to the Lord. Um, I know in the book of Acts, when Peter got up and, and shared the gospel, all these people came to the Lord. They were added daily to people who were saved. And yes, we want to see that kind of work that God does. But that's God's work. And I need not to be pressured into manipulating and saying this person share Christ. And I've seen people do that where they just make a person pray. And yeah, you receive Christ. Yes, you're saved. And that's false assurance of salvation. And so many people ha- have gone through that where they don't quite understand. But we said they're saved. They feel they're saved. They're good. But they can't tell you what salvation is. And so my job is to be faithful with the message, to explain what salvation is. Funny thing is, we actually, uh, during the time, uh, several of my groups, and if you've ever heard me speak, each group is not exactly the same. I just, I just, I want to speak to that group. And so um, I think three to four groups, we did this illustration explaining what salvation is. You know, salvation is being rescued from sin. And so what I did was had, um, and maybe we'll have a clip of it. I had a, one of the leaders come up and had a kid come up and I had the kid face the different direction and I had a leader come up and say, hey, I want you, when I count down through, I want you to come and tackle this kid, right? And one of the kids looked so scared. <laughs> I looked at him and said, I'm not really going to let him tackle you, right? I had to give him that assurance, right? But when I said three, the leader ran like, like he's going to tackle the kid. And I grabbed the kid out of the way. And I said, what did I just do? He said, I saved you. I said, okay, that leader represented sin. <laughs> I represented Jesus. What Jesus did was save you. He rescued you from sin. Ready for this? Sure. What I say? I'm counting down or counting up? What I say? Counting up. Count down. Get down. Get down. The good things. Three, two, one. You're welcome. Wait, wait, wait. What did I just do? I saved you. I rescued you from that big old man. In this illustration, Tristan represents sin. And sin has a penalty, sin has power, and sin is present in our world today. And that sin was going to come tackle you, right? But what I do, what I do, I, what, what I do for him, I save him. So salvation is being rescued from sin, sin's penalty, sin's power, and one day the very presence of sin. So when we give an invitation to people receive Christ, we're saying, hey, if you trust in Christ, you'll be saved, you'll be rescued from sin. 
sin's penalty, which is death, eternal damnation in hell. The Bible speaks clearly in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God, eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the gift is salvation through Jesus Christ, but Christ died to save you, to rescue you from that penalty of sin. But then the Bible also speaks that we're saved from the power of sin. In Romans chapter 6, starting at verse 1, what should we say then? Shall we continue sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? And I used to memorize that. That's a King James. I memorized that at one point. I need to brush up on it. But I'm going to read you the rest of that right there. Romans chapter 6, starting at verse 1, that I think is so important when we talk about salvation. Salvation, yes, is being saved from the penalty of sin, but also from the power of sin. So Romans chapter 1, I'm reading the ESV. What shall we say then? Romans chapter 6, starting verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we might walk in newness of life. We too may walk in newness of life. I'm reading this, but I'm hearing the King James in my head. (laughs) Verse five, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we no longer will be enslaved to sin. Verse seven, for one who has died is set free from sin. So in our salvation, we die with Christ, but we're raised to new life with him as well. So the old has passed away. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, it's a new creation. Behold, the old has passed, the new has come. That, that we are new creations in Christ. Why? Because we've been saved through faith in Christ. And then the last aspect of salvation will be free from the, the presence of sin. One day to be with God in glory, to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord, will there be no more sin, no more heartache, no more pain, no more suffering. Why? Because the old former things have gone and the new life has come. And we'll, we'll experience that fully in heaven. So I think it's, it's important for us to be faithful in presenting the gospel to the young, to the middle, to the old, everyone to present the gospel of, of salvation, that we can be saved by trusting Christ as Savior. Acts 16.31, believe on the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. John 1.12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to them that believe on his name. So we can become children of God, be saved through faith in Christ alone. That is the message of salvation. So we gave that message several times throughout the week in different ways. And we also gave kids a chance to respond. But the work is of God. I don't have to manipulate it. I don't even have to feel the pressure of getting kids to do it. I need to let God do his work and trust God is faithful to do his work when he wants to. Because here's the beautiful thing. I may share the gospel on Monday, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. The kid may not get, may not get saved till next year sometime in Sunday school when he hears a message again. God is at work and I get to partner with that. I don't have to manipulate that. And so... That helps me to understand and be more at ease and abide in what God is doing. Not to pressure, but be clear in the gospel. And in a sense, I think the gospel can take care of itself. God is the one doing the work. It's not me. God uses me. And don't get me wrong. I want to lead people to the Lord. I want to be used of God to do that. But it's in his timing. 
So please don't hear what I'm not saying, because sometimes we, we, we say things and we hear things and we read in what we want to hear. I am not saying not to present the gospel. I'm not saying we should not be concerned with people getting saved. I'm saying, yes, we should. But my effort, my motivation, my, um, my focus is to abide, to be faithful in the message giving, to be faithful in my study, be faithful in my presentation and let God do the work. Even be faithful in my invitation to make it as clear as I possibly can. But at the end of the day, I need to trust God to do his work. And um, it kind of reminds me, and this has been great for me this week, at least the last couple of weeks in ministry, because I've been doing a lot of speaking. Um, even at a youth group recently, I, did a, I spoke at a youth group. And I need to be faithful to what God has given me, but also relax that God will do his work in his time. And it reminds me of John chapter 15. And our, and this is just not just in, in ministry, but in life. My job is to abide. It is to abide in him, to stay connected to him, to be obedient to what God is leading me to do. And God will produce the fruit. I simply bear fruit. I don't produce it. I don't have the power to produce fruit. God is the one that produces the fruit when he wants to. I get to simply bear the fruit. He bears the fruit in my life as evidence of working through me. Look at John chapter 15, starting at verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you, have been, you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him... It is he that bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. And I really, I need to remember that because I think we live in such a world that says, do, do, do. You got to have some results, right? You got to have these results in ministry. The results are up to God. But again, I think our focus should be being faithful to what God has called us to do. And God will be busy about doing his work and his time and his way. And we don't have to worry about all these false conversions and people who, who grow up thinking they're saved, but they haven't really trusted Christ because we told them they were saved or we manipulated the numbers or we coerced them to do something. And they never had understanding. Now, I believe this, too, that when somebody receives Christ as Savior, they made that profession of faith. The next step should be getting him to understand in depth what that means. The next step isn't necessarily, hey, join a ministry, start teaching people. No, no, it is, I, my personal opinion, grow deeper. Help them understand the different aspects of salvation. What does adoption mean? What is, what, what is God doing in our life? What is regeneration? What is justification? The fact you've been declared righteous because of your faith in Christ. Because for me, that's really helped me grow in my faith. It wasn't going to do work. It was getting the word of God to understand what has God done in salvation. Just like when you get a new cell phone, at least I'm a nerd. I watch the different YouTube videos and find out all the new software, how it works. I want to go in depth. So I'm not doing stuff the long way or the wrong way. I want to understand how my new device works. Well, I want new believers to understand what salvation really is. Even the definition of salvation, being rescued from sin and really going deep in that. So I think this has really been a, just a reminder to me that in ministry, I don't have to produce the fruit I, I simply get to bear the fruit that God is producing in me. Again, John 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, 
You can do nothing. I get to bear the fruit that God does in my life. And man, that is rewarding. So um, tell me what you think. Tell me what your thoughts are about that. Uh, I just, uh, this has been a great couple weeks of ministry, and I'm looking forward to the few more weeks. Um, uh, I'm ministry all the time, even making more videos or doing more thoughts of the days, more podcasts. Um, got some new guests coming on the podcast and just really sharing the gospel. Oh, I got some new memory verses coming out. And I think I'm really going to focus on the kids' side, uh, doing memory verses and teaching Bible lessons. Uh, I got some Q&A for kids, too, but I, I want to do more. And to do more, we need more help. So, hey, please consider joining our support team. Visit ProclaimMinistry.com slash give. And also, I would love to hear from you. So you got a thought, comment, you can leave it in the description or in the comment section on YouTube. I don't know if we have a comment section on our app, but you can always leave us a shoot us an email um, through through the messaging of our our website. We'd love to hear from you. I love to get people's ideas um, and thoughts about the ministry. I think I pressed the wrong button for the exit music, but let me try. Nope, that's the wrong one, too. There we go. That's the exit music for this podcast. I've got too many podcasts I'm doing. I'm doing like three or four podcasts. But, hey, thanks for joining for this edition of Connecting Faith and Life. I'm Mr. Brown. For more information about all we do, visit ProclaimMinistries.com. And uh, see you next time. Peace. Peace.